Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. Hello, this is Michelle Spiva, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. I am your host, your practical priestess of wisdom, and today I want to invite you to come in and listen as we discuss how to speak up for yourself and how to be a great self-advocate. So settle in and let's get ready to talk about it and get some wisdom smacks along the way. I'll see you on the flip. Hey there. So thank you for joining me. And today we're going to be talking about how to speak up, you know, especially, you know, speak up for yourself. And the reason why I'm doing this is because I'm seeing a little trend that it's nothing new under the sun. It's just it seems that it's time for this trend to come out. And this trend is where people are using a buzzword. And I've actually talked about this in a few podcasts and mislabeling people. And it's kind of like a takedown or a pylon uh, to keep people in this this quote unquote place that society thinks they should be in. And people, the word that I'm talking about is narcissist. Whenever someone wants to get people to like, ooh, and ostracize you or look at you crazy or sideways, they accuse you of being narcissistic. And we've talked about uh, narcissism on uh, this podcast to the point where I've even talked about and recommended a book, Rediscovering Narcissism, and uh, by Dr. Carl Ma- uh, Malcolm. And how, if you really want to be honest, everybody is on the scale of narcissism uh, from the extreme left, which is an echoist, all the way up to the extreme right, which is a, a, a basically a psychopath, a homicidal psychopath. and understanding that it is simply part of how we express ourselves with regards to um, that basic understanding of love, abandonment, attachment, and the like. And if you're in the straight up middle, then guess what? You're not classified as a narcissist. But sometimes you might move to either side and it's okay. But I wanted to come before you and, and, and present the wisdom smacked as best as I could get it in my meditation uh, because I really uh, feel this and I feel people who may not have this bit of information that I hope to convey convey to you today to be able to defend against that. All right. So when we're talking about speaking up, I'm talking about learning how to reclaim and re- rediscover your own agency and you, and become your own advocate. One of the things that has um, brought me to 
a full circle, I guess, of uh, what I needed to learn in different areas of my life is that you can't always please people. You can't always be a people pleaser. But what you can always do is make sure that you stick up for yourself. And it's important to do that. And if you've listened to this podcast, you know how many times I've talked about how um, I had brilliant women who were willing to uh, instill in me that very thing of being willing to stick up for myself. And so because of that, I want to talk about, first and foremost, you know how we do here, we tend to go to the meanings of words and the like. And so with agency, agency, when we're talking about ourselves, it's a state of being. And I want to make sure I hone in on that. It is not a state of doing. It's a state of being. And whenever you hear the word state of being, what it's talking about is to be. It's talking about um, the essence. It is talking about the, the, the point that you are, that you are. I am that I am. And then out of that, any actions flow out of that. So agency is a state of being where, now get this part, you are exerting power. Isn't that, I think that's powerful. And not only that, you are able to have the capacity to exert power or influence, okay? And so that means that when we're talking about your agency, your your self-agency, that means that you are able to, when it comes to you, you're able to exude a power and influence upon others that they should make sure that they try not to dupe you, they try not to get over on you, they try not to use you or put you down or, or whatever. And I want to make sure that we all are on the same, you know, understanding before we go forward, because we're going to be getting into, you know, what people think of as selfishness and all of this. And hopefully by the time we get through with our little talk today, you'll be a little more uh, wiser, uh, well, a little more well-equipped to go out into this world, especially when you have to go work with folk who might try to gaslight you or do crazy stuff to you. And try to get you to think that you're something that you're not. And then the other one is advocacy, being a self-advocate. And when we talk about that one, to be an advocate is the act of basically being a lawyer, a defense. And the origination of it is from the late Middle English. And it, it talks about pleading for, supporting, recommending, or defending, speaking for that which cannot be spoken. And so as a self-advocate, it instills in us that we need to be able to, you guessed it, speak up for ourselves. Now, this is the point that the wisdom smack came in for me. And bear with me as I try to, you know, walk you through it. And that is that to speak up, we're required to be more objective than subjective. And when I think about being objective and have having objectivity, that means that I have to, and we, I should say, we have to be able to step outside of ourselves and get a, um, a understanding of how we might be perceived by others. And, the, and, and, and you guessed it, and be able to also 
not be emotionally um, tethered to one view. And that tethering usually will uh, come in the in the form of trying to defend your intentions instead of realizing your impact. Now, I have been threatening, and I will do this, I have been threatening to do a podcast on intentions versus impact, and I will be getting to that. But for the meantime and in between time for right now, when we talk about speaking up for yourself, um, you have to if you're going to do this correctly, you have to be willing to see yourself through different filters and lenses. Objectivity requires that. To be subjective is to only work with the data and the information that you know internally. But to understand how to do that speaking up, you cannot have huge gaping blind spots in the chinks in your armor that other people can rightly come and assassinate you with uh, when they tear you down and, you know, you think, you know, I'm sticking up for myself and then they hit you with a whammy. And a, a, when, I, when I'm talking about a whammy, I'm talking about a truth that when you hear it about yourself and it's negative, you can't deny it. You, you're, it snatches the breath out of you because you know, yeah, you know. And it's and it's hard to look at. But when you become a self-advocate, that advocacy is the the part of you that does that heavy work to start understanding what you look like outside of yourself, what your actions look like in your environment and in the lives of others, the good and the bad part. And that is where the rubber meets the road, because to be able to speak up. For a lot of people, it's hard. And it's hard because of that. And I wish I could make it easier. I really do. But it's the truth. And I, I would be remiss if I um if I didn't say, you know, these are some of the things and some of the components you have to work on to be able to truly pull this off where you won't get um pushback and it and it and it won't uh cause you mental anguish. All right. So Let me review real quick because we're going to be moving into uh, some of the other things that I've talked about. And I do want to talk a little bit more about intentions and impact. Okay, so when we're talking about speaking up for yourself, we are first and foremost, you you want to make sure that you have a firm understanding of your own personal agency. And if you don't, you need to be able to recover it. And remember what we said. Agency is a state of being. Where out of that being, you exude power and influence on your behalf. All right. Agency is that ability to be your own person and rule your own roost. It is the freedom to be you. Okay. And then we had advocacy. Now, advocate, think of it as a a lawyer, if you will, pleading your case. And usually when you think of an advocate, an advocate is going to be someone who speaks for the people or the, the, the children or the entities that can't speak for themselves or who are not um, able to come forward and, and give testimony or, or bear witness or whatever. And so when you be a self-advocate, you can't be a subjective one. You can't talk about advocating for yourself if you are still looking from the inside out. 
You cannot use your intentions to address your impact. There's an old saying that says, um, good intentions never built a bridge. (laughs) And I'm going to attend to that, but impact will. And so let's get into that. Intentions versus impact. Now, that is a popular little phrase that's been going on um, in some of the movements, and I'm not co-opting it. Um, I am simply using it as a, a way to show how wisdom wants to open our eyes today. So I'm not trying to make light of anybody's movement, and I am simply using these in um, a teaching moment today, if you will, okay? So with intentions, and we have many uh, different uh, famous quotes from Benjamin Franklin, Voltaire, and Marcus Aurelius, and all of these where it talks about our intentions. And uh, to paraphrase, Ben Franklin was uh, quoted as saying that uh, in our, basically in our eyes, we can do no wrong because we know our intentions, but we tend to judge everybody else on their actions. And so that's really what intention versus impact means. And to speak up for yourself in an objective way where it will be the most advantageous for you and where it will be the best way for you to really affect change and get people to listen and obey your wishes is to make sure that you do the work of understanding not only your intentions, but the impact that they have. Let me use a for instance, okay? So say for instance, your intention is to show someone how you really appreciate them and you, you just adore them. But the way you appreciate them is you go and you tend to buy them things that you like or that you would like for them. And you give them these things and then they are like, oh, that's nice. But then you get upset and they can feel it that you get upset because they never tend to use those things. And your intention is to show them appreciation. But your impact is to put psychic pressure on them to manipulate them to use the stuff that you want for them. And it hasn't been until recently, and I'm not going off on a tangent here. I I promise I will get back to what I'm saying. But it hasn't been until recently that people have gotten the nerve to, you guessed it, speak up to the point where during the holiday season last year, there were many um, teams and groups and various um, companies who actually allowed people to opt out of the secret Santa thing because it was anxiety producing. And for these very reasons, because of intention and impact and the pressure to perform, the pressure to basically mind read, the pressure to not, you know, fall into the competitive hole of trying to find the best gift that wouldn't get you talked about and re-gifted and made fun of and all of these other things. I'm like, wow, it is getting to that point where we really do need to be more objective. We need to widen our perspectives of our impact of what we do. Now, I'll be the first to say I've had actual um, family members that I've had to talk to about this whole thing of when you gift, gift the way somebody likes to be gifted. Some people don't want you buying a gift for them. They want the cash. Yeah, 
They don't want you doing that because they know exactly what they want and you take their freedom away. We talked a little bit about this yesterday. Um, Apophenia. And, and that's that rebellion that we get when we feel like our freedoms have been usurped. And so we do countermeasures that we probably wouldn't have done if we hadn't felt threatened that our, our freedom to choose and do what we want wasn't taken away. And so understanding that when you speak up for yourself, see, I told you I'd get back around to it, <laughs> that you cannot only base it on your intentions that are in your head. You have to take into consideration how your actions affect others and how they play out because every person is the hero of their own story and they should be. I don't care if you are the worst of the worst when it comes to villainry. You are the hero of your own story and you should be. So now that we've talked about self-advocacy and self-agency, I want to take those a little bit further and give you some additional wisdom smacks. And that is that understand interpersonally when you're interacting with someone that your presence in their life is a privilege and not a right. I'm going to say that again. If you are an adult, you are hopefully, you know, living on your own or whatever, because uh, if you're living in your parents' house, you might have to deal with <laughs> their rules if they're taking care of you. But anyway, um, your presence in someone's life is a privilege and not a right. Do not fall into the trap of being a willing servant or slave. Don't do that. And I say that because we get into this space of wanting to please people because we love we love the feedback that we get when we successfully please people and it becomes very addictive. And I'm going to say being a people pleaser does not necessarily mean you're weak. It could mean that, but it could mean that you're a manipulative bastard. It could mean <laughs> so many different things. So do not think that people pleasers are simply people who are pathetic or weak or whatever. There are ranges to this and levels to this. So do not. Uh, don't 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 despise that. And I've said this before in other podcasts that to people, please, if you will, is part of our survival from when we were hunter gatherers and to keep us interested in being a part of a group. Because if you didn't, with the harsh elements and, and the harsh way of living, to separate meant death. To stay together meant success or, or a higher success as survival. And so inherently, we found ways to make, make ourselves interesting to each other and to actually care what other people thought about us. I mentioned this one too. You know, people who flippantly say, oh, don't care about what they say, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And if you see people who are successful at that with, you know, a fair bit of ease, you might be dealing with a harmless sociopath because sociopaths really don't have to deal with that whole caring about what other people say. And so I just kind of want to let you know that it's okay if you care about what other people say and think because that's human and that is our empathy. And we want to make sure that we are a part of a group because it, it for a lot of us, it depends on our very survival. So you know, don't get that twisted. But I do want you to understand that your presence is a privilege and not a right and vice versa. 
their their presence in your life is a privilege and not your right. Okay. All right. And so with this, even though we want to please people, even though we want to uh, be a part of the group and all of that, you still have to make sure that you are remembering to be your own self-advocate, meaning you're your own lawyer with objectivity, and you want to be your own, uh, have your self-agency where you exude power. Have you ever seen people that when you're around them, you immediately know their boundaries, you know what you can and cannot get away with? You know that with certain people, you can't just say, hey, let me let me borrow your car for a minute. You know you're going to get shot down without them even having to have said it. That is part of using the ability to exude your agency of, of you and people knowing what they can and cannot get away with. And so even though I talk about, you know, it's okay to, you know, have people like you. There comes a time when people pleasing goes too far. And when you don't speak up for yourself, when you don't advocate for yourself, when you don't exude your own agency, that's a problem. That's when people start to walk over you. And so you do have to overcome the need for people to to like you. And you do have to overcome the need to stop being passive manipulative. And when we talk about passive manipulative, that is not something that only a few people suffer with. The average person has in their lifetime had a habit of being passive manipulative. And to be passive manipulative is to do things, say things, behave in certain ways to uh, elicit the response you want out of other people. And by what you're doing, it is not necessarily what you really want to do. Now, depending on the level of it, it could be diplomacy, it could be um, common courtesy, social politeness, etiquette, whatever you want. But if it gets to the point where you are trying to get people to always behave a certain way, you know, you never want them to be cross with you. You never want them to see a bad side of you. And so you lie or you uh, cry or you use emotional tactics to get people to behave the way you want them to. That's being uh, manipulative and don't do it. All right. So. And I want to say this part too. And I'm laughing because, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so I'll just say this. With the internet and the ability for people to reach out to you, I want you to understand that anytime you put yourself out there, it doesn't matter if you have a following of three or three million, you have the propensity to have a little bit of celebrity. And with that celebrity, People start to become possessive of you where they develop what is called a parasocial connection to you, meaning that like Wendy Williams always says, friends in my head, (laughs) what it means is in their head, in in their world, you're their friend, but you don't know them. And so it's a one-sided friendship. And because these people are able to access a lot of what they think constitutes all of you because of what you put online, what they see, what they hear, and all of that, 
they become possessive and turn you into a low-level celebrity. And because of that, they overstep boundaries. And there are many people, many people that allow people to get away with this because they believe that I have to put up with it because my livelihood is entangled with my following and my relevance and my influence. And so I have to put up with stuff that I would, that I would like to speak up against being, you know, your own advocate. But because I have put myself out there, I guess I deserve it. And that is not the case. And what I want to say at this particular time is that you have to understand that speaking up for yourself is not being selfish. It's not being narcissistic. And that's a a bad word that people like to throw out a lot of times when people are just sticking up for themselves and they don't like what you're doing. And they call you selfish because you are advocating for yourself, for your health, your sanity. You don't want to be the dancing monkey today. You don't want everybody pulling on you. And maybe you just want some time to yourself. Maybe you just want to have some human feelings like everybody else. And because people get a chance to see more of you than the average soul, they call you selfish. Or worse yet, they sling the moniker of being narcissistic your way. And that is not the case, okay? So I just want to make sure I state that before we say anything else. And this is another one. Speaking up for yourself, also, when we get into, you know, the realms of advocating for yourself and using your own agency, I want to talk about information. Too many times people think that they have uh, access to information about you that they should not have. Speaking up for yourself does include the ministry of no. And when, so for instance, just because somebody asks you for info about yourself, it doesn't mean you have to give it to them. My grandmother taught me this a long time ago. And that was this, that whenever anybody asks you a question that you don't want to answer or that you don't feel they've earned the right to know, ask them. Why do you want to know that? Or why do you ask? Or, you know, turn it back on them as a qualifying question. Why do you ask? Why don't you tell me about you? You know, put it back on them. If you want to know this about me, you go first. And if they don't, if they don't acquiesce or if they don't give you an answer that's worthy enough, you don't have to answer it. You can even tell them that's not a good enough answer, (laughs) you know, and we get into and it's not even about people pleasing, but we get into this habit of supplying information that is not anybody's business. And wisdom is like you have options. You have an out. You don't have to give everybody everything just because they ask. There are a lot of people who are not qualified to handle information about you. And I'm talking about simple things like where do you live? And that's not simple, but it is. You, and I'm just going to say this, y'all. You would be amazed at how many people who do not know me will send me messages and ask me all kinds of personal information. And I don't know them from Adam. And then get miffed when I do the very thing that I'm talking to you about and be like, well, why do you ask? What are you going to do with that information? Why don't you send, you want to know this information, send this about yourself. But when you put it back on them, 
they can't see that they're not willing to do what they're asking you to do. And the act of you qualifying, why do you need to know this information, is an act of you taking back your agency, uh, being an advocate for yourself, speaking up, and employment and being okay with someone being cross with you, with someone not liking you. And I'm going to tell you, you get to the point where when you're used to receiving that, you know, that blowback will forget you and being called out of your name, it it becomes easier and you're like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> God bless you. Move on. You know, you're not paying my bills. I don't have to see you every day. Goodbye. Keep it moving. And it's sad that you have to be that way. But you do need to understand that it is up to you to make sure that you do everything you can to keep and maintain your sanity. Because in this world, technology has made it where the personal boundaries that used to exist do not exist anymore. And we are being called forth to do what we used to take for granted was already instilled in our society. There are no more firm boundaries. There are no more uh, digital fences. People take pleasure in, in scrounging and looking for stuff. And I am not bashing anyone. Get your money, make your, make your living. But there is an entire industry of Joe Blows who just decide I'm going to be a gossip monger. I am going to get quote unquote sources. I'm going to do any and everything it takes to run a dossier on you, check public records, try to befriend or or pay people who are in your vicinity. I'm going to use Google Maps and all this other stuff to try to figure out. I'm going to look at the geotagging on your pictures if you forget to turn that off to see where you are and where you were and all of this kind of stuff. And it You can't stop them from being invasive, but what you can do is start to practice and strengthen that bone within us that allows us to be self-advocates and to practice self-agency. You have the power. I want you to embrace it and use it. You have the power and you are able to be objective, to step outside yourself, to step past the emotions so that you can um, not only know your intentions, but get a better understanding of your impact. Even if you have to take a survey of those around you so that you can be ready for not if, but when the attacks come of people trying to usurp your power, trying to get you to do things for them that they wouldn't be willing to do if you asked them. And so understand that when you speak up, you are taking care of yourself, you are protecting yourself, you are providing a boundary around yourself that people don't need to come uh, over if they haven't been vetted and earned the right, and you are keeping your sanity and uh, exercising your emotional health. So I hope that today's podcast has helped you. This My time really is up. So I just want to say thank you and practice these things. Please listen to this again if you need to. And with that, I'm going to say thank you. This has been Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. Don't forget to check the show notes and I'll see you tomorrow.
And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.